Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back here to Bases Loaded on IE Sports Radio. It's your three boys, Brandon, Blake, and Chris, here to talk some baseball here from the previous week, recap week seven, talk about some things that we thought were interesting, um, talk about some teams that are hot, maybe teams that are not so hot. Uh, two of our teams on here basically describe that. One of the hottest teams in baseball, one of the coldest teams in baseball. Um, so it's going to be a fun show to talk that about. But, uh, fellas, how's it going? Man, it is going great. Obviously, it's been a hell of a run for my boys right now, and it's just it's just fun baseball to watch right now. And I mean, there's been a lot of good teams across the league. But, no, it's, it's been a beautiful day in, in America. It's the finest city. I got to go to the game last night, which was great. So I'm doing good. You. Yeah. At least your team is worth going to, to a game for. My team, I don't want to go watch in person. They play. <laughs> they've lost seventeen of their last twenty. They were at one point, I think, like two games out of first place. They're now in last place in the NL West. And it shows the gauntlet that is the NL West when you run into those teams. Like, I mean, sure, you lost those to Colorado, but you, you run into those top three teams. And it can but the thing is, week. we just played the Dodgers for the first time this past week. We haven't played the Giants yet. So that's what scares me is that it could get worse. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's one it's of good. those years. You know, what, you know, one of the things that I've kind of not taken for granted this year is let's face it. We're all, we're all hardcore about our teams and everything like that. But I've, I have found myself watching more and more baseball, whether it's on MLB network MLB networks done a good job putting yeah. different games on this year. And they do that. Even if you got a regional game on, they kind of jump from game to game. And like when my guys don't have a game on or something like that, or say if we're playing on the West coast, we're playing Oakland and the games don't start till nine. I've really liked turning on and seeing another team out there playing and everything. Like honestly, Brandon, the other night I watched the whole Reddick fiasco live when he walked up. And the organ player started playing. I saw the sign. Oh my gosh. It I'm like, it's been that. how long, Dodger yeah. fans? Oh, we'll hear it forever. And Move it, it's, it's, on. it's funny too because you know, we hear the the little trend this week about the whole Colorado spill in 2008 with the mas- massage gun. If you guys didn't hear that, and of course, that has completely died out already just like with the yankees letter so it's kind of fun to see all that but at the same time you know i think if anything taught us last year you know is not to take this for granted and you know i've been watching a lot more baseball rather than it's just my astros right now so i've really enjoyed this week you know there's been a lot of like drama there's the whole thing that we've been talking about for the past year the new school versus the old school with the drama in in the in chicago south side and then dude got another no hitter you know so it's kind of like, dude, it's been it's been a very very entertaining week this week in baseball. So it's it's been nice. Yeah, I was gonna look that up. We've had six or seven, and it's not even two months into the season. Mm-hmm. And, and three teams have, have had it done to them twice, right? Twice, yeah. <laughs> what is it? The Mariners, I know one. Cleveland, Rangers, right? And the Rangers, right? Yes. yes. Yep. Poor Mariners, man. Yeah, yeah I, so it was, I, it was I feel stupid on my MVP pick there. Oh my god! Really, really quickly, it was it was hilarious. So I went to the game last night, and there was a guy sitting right below me, a Mariners fan. He was in a Griffey shirt. He was holding a sign, "Just get a hit." Oh, and he was hilarious. holding it every time they came up to bat. And like after joking joking about it for a while with my buddies, I was just like, you know what's weird is like that was us like three years ago, and it's yep. like now like it's completely yep. one eighty, and it's just it's just I felt really bad for the guy, but he seemed to be having a good time. So for sure, that's what happens when you spend a lot of money to get good players. 
mm-hmm. tend to change the culture of a franchise, which is what the signing of Hosmer, Machado, and Tatis have, have done to the city of San Diego. Is It's basically showed, you know you're supposed to win, right? Like, that's the whole, don't celebrate that you're not, don't like I don't get fans that are fine with when their team loses. Just like, oh, we were competitive. No, you should not be happy that your team's losing. If you lose a game, you should be frustrated. Like I know you can't win them all, but you should still be frustrated that your team can't win a game, especially when it's on something stupid. Like defense or bad pitching. You wouldn't know anything about that. Oh shush. <laughs> I was watching the game. Uh, God, was it Tuesday night or Wednesday night when they were playing the Dodgers and the right fielders completely botched that ball and gave up? Like, oh, dude, runs? blind drive. So, yeah, Josh uh, Rojas. Yes. It cost them the game because um, he, it probably would have tied the game, but because he misplayed it, he, so basically what he said is he took his eye off the ball for one second and that's what it made it. It went doink. I'm like, oh, sorry. Just, it was yeah. I think I think I saw uh, Corbin Martin was starting for you guys a couple of nights ago, and he was in the Astros organization two years ago, and he was part of the whole Grinky. Yeah, he he came was in Tommy whole, John. Yeah, he was in the whole Grinky trade, and I was like, oh, he start he's starting tonight. So I flipped over, and I think it was like in the third or fourth inning, and I think after the I watched two pitches, and on third pitch he gave up a home run. I was like, oh, and I just turned <laughs> no. The so the first like, batter he faces. Is Mookie Betts? He gives up. He gives up a home run. Yeah. So like he, he didn't guy? pitch that bad outside no, of that. Like yeah. he just he got through five at like ninety pitches, and you just can't do that. You you can't yeah throw that many pitches through five. Now six innings that's not too bad, but you're gonna you're gonna ruin your bullpen for the year. The bullpen's awful though. Yeah. Like. There was, I think, six out of seven or five of the seven games this week. They gave up at least two runs in the seventh inning. Like it was like every seventh. Oh, here comes three runs. <sighs> this team is frustrating to watch. Yet I continue to watch because I got nothing better to do on um, at night. So I might as well just watch some baseball. But I may have to watch some more entertaining baseball. There you go. There you go. <laughs> There's plenty of options. There's plenty of options. Yes, there especially is. this week coming up. There's some really good matchups coming up this week. Oh, yeah. uh, well, just speaking of my team, I mean, we've got Astros, Dodgers, Tuesday, Wednesday night. And then, of course, Chris and my team play a three-game series this weekend, too. It's going to be very, very entertaining baseball. Dude, the the pitching matchups, too, with with our teams, man. We get to see not only you, Darvish, but Snell. And I'm, it was really cool to see Musgrove, you know, pitch. You know, because yeah. that was a huge – I mean, a lot of people forget that, you know, Musgrove was game five starter for the Astros in 2017, and we all remember that that game of that World Series, you know. So it's going to be really cool to see him not only come back, but come back with an actual competitive team and not a, a doormat as Pittsburgh has been for the past couple of years where he was. Yeah. So the big story I would say in the early part of the week was this um, – Unwritten rule about 3 0. It, co- it, it comes up again. We had this last year with Tatis Jr., where when you're up by a certain amount and it's a 3 0, you should automatically take. And so here's the play in question. So again, they have a position player pitching. 
A position what? player that can't even get over 50 miles an hour. Dude, no. Watch this pitch. He just lobs like Look at it's 47 miles an hour on the outside corner and Yerman Mercedes just demolishes this ball. And his manager, Mr. Old School Tony Larusa. He's out of week. <laughs> yeah, right? Like first of all, you said earlier this year he didn't even know the rules of overtime of extra innings. Yeah. And then this time he actually got mad at his player for not taking that pitch. But you play to win. Like that's the thing with baseball is there's no timer. So you could at any point, yes, they were up at that point, 15 to four at that point. So the game was in all intents and purposes over, you would say, but you never know. You could have yeah. a bullpen that just can't throw strikes or when they do, it's in the middle of the plate. You never know. That's why baseball with the no, there's no timer. There's no clock. So it's not like time is working against you. You have a certain number of outs that are working up against you, but there's no timer. Yeah. So it's not like with, with football and basketball or soccer where you have a timer and you can only do so much. Yeah. And I mean, two, two big things with this, with this, with this, with this play and what transpired from it is one, these guys get salary bonuses based off of home runs. They get, they get salary bonuses based off of that stuff. So is he going to sit there and cost himself money because he swings at a ball? And the other thing is, the twins clearly punted that game at that point, putting that dude on the mound. Like they were already done. Like, dude, I think it's like his third game supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Well, I I think the most interesting storyline that we're missing on it too, was the, the spillover, you know, like after it happened, you know, LaRusa gave the press conference and everything like that. And Mercedes went in there looking like a beaten puppy, you know, because obviously he had his manager mad at him. But then the whole locker room had his back. Yeah. I mean, Lance Lynn even went on record saying, you know, that's stupid. And I think at this point we can all agree with it. We've saw, we've seen it with Tatis. We even saw it the year before, too, you know, with these whole little unwritten rules. I feel like, you know, we have just this whole trend right now, you know, where, you know, it's let the kids play. and the whole let the kids play saying and everything like that three years ago. Like we have, we have a disconnect from one generation to the next generation. And yep. the era of baseball, you know, people aren't going to, as, as much as you think it's a, a gentleman's sport, this is not a gentleman's sport. And Chris nailed it on the head. You know, these guys came to play, you know, if you're going to throw somebody out there, you know, and I saw an interesting breakdown on MLB network. If you look at the pitches, that guy that's a position player, he was literally getting the ball back and throwing it throwing it and throwing it that whole at bat was almost less than a minute and he had already thrown three three balls so he's getting the ball and literally just tossing it back getting the ball just tossing it back i mean at what point like do you say like i mean are you just gonna forfeit the game right there you know you're still playing a baseball game i, I honestly i don't have a problem with it you know if, if you're up there and, and and a ball's hanging right there by all means swing the bat you know I don't care what the score is. I think it's, I think it's dumb. This whole unwritten rule thing, like, it's just nobody can ever get on the same page and things like that. And it's just, at some point, the whole saying just needs to die, basically, in, in my viewpoint right now on, on things like this, because it's, it doesn't need to be part of the game. At some point, you're, you're punishing a person for doing what he's paid to do, and I just think it's nonsense at this point. Well, and it's funny. I don't know if it was every day after, but every day after that. 
there was a double digit game where it was just a beat down. There was like every night it happened and it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just happening in the game right now. I think we won what nine fifteen to one on a Friday. Like it's, it feels like there's a lot of that in this game and it's like, just you, you're playing until the final out. Like at the end of the day, you play until the final out. I feel like there's a lot of depleted bullpens right now. And you know, there's a lot of people that are going to have off days tomorrow and off days on Thursday, which is well needed for a lot of these teams. But yeah, I mean, this is where we're at, you know, it's a race, you know, are, are people probably more tired this year coming off a 60 game season? Absolutely. You know, but at the yeah. same time, it's kind of like you, you gotta make smart moves, you know, maybe we're seeing the trend of, you know, we always see teams kind of die down right before the all-star break. I kind of feel like we're seeing a trend of it's a whole month earlier now, you know? And yeah. what, what is that to say? Is that the, the game evolving? Is it better hitters, you know, or is it the fact that, you know, we didn't have a full season last year. You know, uh, I, there's there's so many intangibles that you can factor in. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, you're right. There's been a lot of blowouts, a lot of blowouts. And then what's crazy, too, is on the other half of the league, you got no hitter after no hitter after no hitter in these yeah. huge, like, pitching-like performances. We had two there. within two days. Absolutely, Ooh. yeah. And then That's it's crazy, crazy, too. You see, You see a no hitter, but the night before, too, what the Rangers made Cole look like he was actually human. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, the Texas Rangers knocked Garrett Cole out of the game, basically. You know, he got taken yard, I think. I know he got taken yard once, but then he surrendered like three runs in the first two innings, you know? So it's crazy how that whole transition is. You know, Garrett Cole's been lights out this whole year, and then Kluber comes behind him and faces the same team, you know, and shuts them out after they blow up Cole the day before. So it's been a really strange week this week across the board. Yeah, there's, as Chris was saying, um, on Thursday there was a 19 to four and a 10 to one game. The Giants, who I still don't know how they're doing so well, they well, don't have any superstars. If we want to talk about the Giants, we can talk about what happened to them this weekend, and they got flat out outplayed by the Dodgers. I mean, they they got dominated offensively, like they could not hit the ball to save their lives. And today they were down 11 nothing in the fourth inning, like. The Giants were playing above, punching above their weight for a long time, and I think it's finally starting to come back to them. Their bullpen has been atrocious, and one of the big things about talking about bullpens is there's going to be a lot of guys worn out because there's so many teams, the way they manage their starting pitchers now, where they're, they don't go deep into games, so you're having to use your bullpen You're so luckily if you get five out of a starting pitcher. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, it's gone from expecting seven, eight innings and maybe considering that like a, a solid start where if you get five or six, it's a win. But then once mm-hmm. again, you're using more arms and there's more situations. And yeah, I, I think the Giants are a team where they can be really good. They just need to get some bullpen help and they, they need it fast. Their, their starting pitching has been very good. Their offense has been good, but their bullpen has just been atrocious. Yeah, it's been – I just – I mean, all right. Right now, let's look at the stand because, like you said, I think the Dodgers won eleven nothing today. Uh, Gavin Lux hit his second grand slam just this past week. His first one was against the Diamondbacks. Gets it over that mini right field wall there at uh, Dodger Stadium. I hate those corners there. At Dodger they Stadium. are they are they are insanely short. It's yeah, like what like two feet, three feet. So if you can just get the distance, you don't have to worry about getting it up. I was like lots of ground rule doubles over there too. So right now in the NL West, the the Padres are in first at 30 and 17, have a one game lead over the Dodgers. The first team in Major League Baseball to 30 wins. I just like to add that. Yeah, well, there's three teams in the AL East that are very close as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want- and, 
it's it's crazy. Like we're talking about the Dodgers and how good they've been playing. The Padres have been twelve and one in their last thirteen games, and they're only a game up on the Dodgers. <laughs> like both of these teams seem like they're surging at the exact same time, and it's it's fun to watch right now. There's a lot of good baseball out west. Yeah, Padres have won nine in a row. Dodgers have won seven in a row. I can't wait to see them play again. God, I right. that. it's so every, crazy. Too, every time really... they play is going to be playoff atmosphere type baseball. Yeah. I know we've said this plenty of times the past couple of weeks, but it's so funny to see that the focus in baseball is actually on the West Coast and really the West Coast and the Central solely. Like you don't hear any chatter, you know, other than the whole Yankee rants basically from the East Coast. And it's kind of, it's pretty cool, you know, because for forever, like the West Coast was just completely neglected, you know. So it's cool to see a lot of the clubs start to do better out, not only there, but in the Central as well, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a crazy week this week and oh, I'm kind of in store for what's what's the next couple of weeks to do because I mean once we've we've talked about matchups but I mean you look at the gauntlet like we said that the you want to talk about playoff baseball the Astros play the Dodgers the Padres but then we also forgot just a second ago that we go into a four game series right after playing you guys Chris with the Red Sox who the Red Sox have been kind of like the Giants this year overperforming and things like that, but it kind, of seems, and 19. it kind of seems like they're like firing on all cylinders right now. And when you want to talk about a team that's doing it without pitching, I mean, hats off to them. Cause I mean, they're really doing it without pitching. Basically you're getting a call. You start like every other game through their, their starting pitching right now. So they're going to be somebody that's going to be really cool to watch down the stretch. The thing with Boston though, is they have a lot of big name players. You got Devers, mm-hmm. you got Bogart, you got JD Martinez, um, so they have those names that people have heard of, so they yeah. somewhat expect it. The Giants, ask the average fan, can you name one player on there? I mean, I don't know I'm sure I'm... some people could name Buster just because he's been there for so long, but yeah, yeah. after that, I, yeah, I, yeah. So... I think is a really yeah, yeah, yeah. God to, to watch, and you know, we've all heard that name the past two years, but I mean, casual fan hasn't, you know, so I, I'm with you, you know, people are always going to say Buster, and you know, they're going to be like that one guy that blew up you know from the royals what's his name oh yeah johnny cueto <laughs> you know but basically that's it you know what i mean 100 percent. but yeah for sure it's i mean i know players on that team just because i know baseball your division so. for sure well and i mean so. we see them that's why uh, yeah yeah it's your so. division that's kind of like i know I, I could tell you probably the one through nine on oakland and so, people on the east coast would be like what are you talking about you know what i mean same thing with like the Rangers and things right now. You know, we just played them. Other teams can't. But yeah, it's been it's been a week, man. It's been really cool. It's been yeah, it's been interesting, definitely for sure. We got these high scoring games. We had two no hitters. We had this whole thing with the White Sox and Mercedes and La Russa. It was a very interesting week. I will say uh, say that. Um, I wonder if we're gonna continue to see these no hitters every couple weeks like all season or is this just like a little flash in the pan type of thing? It's crazy. Cause I feel like we had the same conversation here, Brandon. Remember like what there was a, there was a couple of weeks where we saw like three, you know, within yeah. a period of three to five weeks. And now we're seeing it even more and more. And it's crazy. Cause you know, like there's even talk of them, like what move, trying to move the pitchers mound back a little bit yeah. in, off, in the off season and trying it out in the mer- in the minor leagues and stuff like that. It's just kind of like if it's don't if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? I know that baseball is trying to get more appealing to younger crowds and stuff like that, but I, I I don't think that I don't think you 
game, you know, but it's weird. It is weird. It's very, very strange that we're seeing these no-nos and it's strange to see the people that are throwing the no-nos. Now I'm going to be careful in saying that these guys aren't your top aces, but let's face it. I mean, we have not seen a true top ace throw a no-no in in what probably a year and a half. It's these guys that are like three and below that are throwing these no-nos. So it's, it's cool to see. Hey, it's really cool. But it's it's also strange that it's not your your juggernauts and your big names that are out there doing this um, for the past couple of weeks. So uh, I'm just looking through some of these unwritten rules of baseball. Some of them are so don't steal bases or strut after home runs when behind by a large margin. So Check. if you were up eighteen to four, like and you and you're down by fourteen, you don't strut. After you hit a home run and your disc still down by thirteen, uh, don't swing at the first pitch after you, a pitcher has given up back to back home runs. Apparently, if you've given up back to back, that third guy is not allowed to swing at the per- first pitch. Uh, a lot of these are just stupid. Yeah, well, most of them are stupid. So, <laughs> oh, uh, don't step on the pitcher's mound. So when you're running back after an out, don't walk in front of the catcher. I don't know if this one's a unwritten rule. It's just something that if you're a baseball fan, you know, do not talk about a no hitter when a no hitter is. I don't believe not- in that. I don't believe in that jinx anymore. After this year, I was talking uh-huh. about Jays. Do not butt during a no hitter. What not about the chalk, but- line? chalk line on there? Yeah, yeah you're not supposed to check on, step on the chalk line. Don't step on the chalk line. <laughs> Never make the first or third out at third base. Don't use your clothes in a tie game on the run. Road. <laughs> Don't yell anything when the fielder is trying to mi- is trying to make a catch. Center fielder always gets the ball. <laughs> For adult fans, if you catch a foul ball, give it to the nearby kid. If I catch a foul ball, I'm keeping it. It's mine. But yeah, no, some of these were just so like. This is why people say baseball is boring because well, they have. And- and we're talking, we're talking about the pitching and all that. And one of the things they've been doing is they've been trying to take the offense out of the game. Like you can tell the balls, like there, there's been a huge impact. And I think the no hitter is a thing that really has benefited from it. But it's like, yeah, it's like you want people to watch the game, but yeah, you're doing everything you can to try to make it less fun. It's crazy too because I felt like what two, three years ago we were talking about how the baseballs were they were yeah. getting out of the yard, and now it's kind of like they're they're full of cement now. You know what I mean? Because they're not hittable, you know what I mean? And it's not like we're seeing crazy movement in the strike zones or anything like that. It's just we're seeing defensive setups and catchers knowing their their hitters right now. I think it has a lot to do with um, you know, now that baseball has a, a moral wake up and a moral compass now, you know, we've cleaned up the sign stealing on the teams across across the the league. That I think that might be something that could be attributed to it as well. Some of these are so ridiculous. I'm I, like I said, I'm pretty sure they're all ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Taryn, that's right. I mean, all these unwritten rules, like people are like, wait, if it's if it's a rule, shouldn't it be in the rule book type of thing? But it is what it is. Uh but other than that, we had a pretty normal week outside of all that. Uh, my team has lost 17 out of the last 20, so their season's pretty much over. 
they're like 18 and 29. So they'd have to basically do the opposite of that. They'd have to win 18 of 20, which I don't see that happening. Especially when you play in the NL West where you got to face teams like the Padres and the Dodgers. Yeah. It's, it's are they going to trade, trade Marte? No. I think he's the one that they won't trade. Uh, I could see them trading Peralta, uh, Eduardo Escobar, but I don't see them trading uh, Cattell, who who came back after missing 37 games uh, yesterday. No, yeah. uh, Friday. Friday. Came back yeah. Friday. So, yeah, I don't see them. Tra- He's like their only young, good player. I think everyone else um, is up for being able to be traded. I think they might even consider trading Madbub. He's been pitching really well lately. So I, I mean, if, if he's pitching well and you can get some value for that absurd contract, like any any anything that's somewhat valuable, you take. For sure. Yeah, so like you want these guys to play. You want David Peralta to play well. You want Escobar to play well. You want Bumgarner to play well because then that their trade value is still very high. So you can get some solid guys in return and maybe you can, can compete in two years. Maybe. Well, and I... I th- yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's an interesting like time frame right now, especially going back to 162. I think this next two months or so, going into the trade deadline, there's a lot of teams that are not playing good ball that maybe have good players. That it, it's a time for them to maybe play their way onto a postseason roster and get get some eyes on them where they become trade value. And I mean, you know, the trade market's gonna be crazy this year. You just, I just have a feeling, especially with just. The bullpen struggles with so many teams and stuff. It's it's going to be interesting to watch, and I think a lot of these guys are are playing for an opportunity to kind of play them way off, play their way off of bad teams. Yeah, I mean, I'm I just I have a Cattell Marte jersey. Oh, so <laughs> then he's gone. He's gone, uh, right? Because so the weird thing is, I bought a Paul Goldschmidt jersey, and then like six months later, he gets traded. I was so pissed. So he's I. Got I don't ever wear that one because he's not on the team, so it just feels weird. We're so, wearing... so when did you buy the Marte one? Because we just got to count six months from that date, so we know. Uh, I bought it at the beginning of last season. Oh, we're getting close, aren't we? We're getting close. Rent's right. due on that one. So, another player that I I think has been really exciting to watch, Shehei Otani. Some of those home runs that he's been hitting this year, you're like, Unreal. you're not supposed to hit that. There's I a think reason the you don't hit a hustle. ball six inches above the strike zone. I think the coolest thing is the hustle. He's had a lot of singles turn into doubles yeah. Yeah. this season. But I don't know if I sent it to you guys on the thread, but uh, some of my friends were talking baseball, and somebody sent a meme, and it was hilarious. And it, it showed, like, Shohei's stats the other night when he threw, like, 80-something pitches, you know, and got seven strikeouts. And then gets right moved field. to third base or to right field, and under it it says, "So what? I did that in little league when I was like 13." <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah. my god, that's so, that's so true and so awesome, dude!" Like I, dude, I laughed so hard when I saw that. But no, I mean, what this guy's doing is ridiculous, and you know, we all know too that like you know a lot of us, I, I know I'm guilty of it. We we wrote this guy off when he yeah. first came to the league, and I know you have to like get acclimated to the league and stuff like that but i think what we're missing out of the whole story is how hurt this guy actually was yeah you know when he first came in now i'm not gonna say he was damaged goods but you know he we don't know the timeline and i don't know if we'll ever know the timeline of when the injury actually happened and how bad it affected him actually coming into the league but this is the guy that you know we were rumored to have seen three years ago um so it's it's kind of cool to see 
how he struggled at first and had the had the shutdown with the with with the surgery and everything like that, and then the comeback story and what he's doing. I mean, yeah, it's it's really special to pay attention to, and you know, I mean, kind of like I said earlier, you know, MLB Network's done a really good job of bouncing around, and you know. Anytime that guy comes up to the plate right now, he's going to be on TV. So it's really good for baseball. And obviously it's good for, you know, the West coast to still have that with trout out right now. Yeah. yeah, Trout's out for at least six weeks. So probably till the all-star break for sure. Well, I mean, this will be a big stretch for Shohei. He's yeah. he's going to have to carry the team on his back. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be fun to watch. And honestly, like I've been kind of scouting the Angels' schedule and seeing when they're home and when my days off correlate. Because I, I think in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to go up there and see him because I just, Pretty I just cool. really, I just really want to go see him in person because he's just, yeah, he's he's one of those players. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I get to see one every day, but he's one mm-hmm. of those guys that you want to see play. Yeah, I've gotten to see him play three times now here in Houston, and. As crazy as it sounds, because we all know how tall he is. Once you see him in person, you're like, goodness, dude, this guy is huge, you know. But I think I think the one thing that's my favorite about him is how effortless the swing is, you know. Oh, dude, he doesn't. It's it's, it's just effortless, you know. It's smooth. It's almost like, honestly, it doesn't look like it. So I'm not comparing it, but it's almost that King Griffey smooth. You know I what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just, it is just fluid. So I, I love what he's doing for the game. I love what he's doing too. And what people are missing here in the States is what he's doing for the game internationally too. Because yeah. let's face it, you know, everybody knows him like in Japan, you know, and in Asia and Korea and stuff like that. But I kind of hope that this right here is kind of opening up the, the whole spectrum of, hey, you know, even though this isn't a big sport here in my country, I like it. I can still go for it. You know what I mean? I know the Dominican Republic and like uh, and, and all that and Puerto Rico has kind of opened that door for Latin America. But I'm kind of hoping that this puts more of a, a global scale on it. You know, we saw the games in London two years ago. I kind of hope that they get back to that maybe next season or something like that. But I, I would like to see the sport grow as much as like, let's say, how soccer is growing over here and how basketball is growing has grown over the past decade internationally, you yeah. know. I kind of hope that this is something that MLB can capitalize and not only seize that, but seize the window that they have with the player as great as Shohei right now. Yeah, it's just the one thing that worries me. And uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at it, but did you see the roster the U.S. put out for uh, the Olympic qualifiers? Mm-mm. I didn't see it. Matt Kemp is on that team. Oh, Logan wow. Forsyth is on that team. There's like six former Padres that I'm just like, we're going to lose to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah that won't be a good global, uh, global, be a good global for, 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 for America and, and the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, well, the Olympics, I mean, you usually see a lot of college kids go out there for it, you know? So yeah. maybe hopefully that's the case, you know? But at the same time, uh, I see where you're coming from on that. <laughs> All right. uh, Homer Bailey, Edwin Jackson. Yeah, I was telling you, man, there's some names on there where you're like, these guys were playing in like 2010, 2011. <laughs> Dude, I haven't heard Homer Bailey's name in like three years. Right? It, it's it's like a what? Matt Wieters, Todd Frazier. It's it's very interesting. It's very yeah. interesting. What one name? Honestly, I was I was very surprised to not see because there was talks of him playing over there. Was Mackenzie Gore? Because there was talks of him actually going there, and and part of me thinks that's because they're getting ready to bring him up. I, I think I think whispers are coming. Like it might be soon. But yeah, yeah. I need to know that. I need to know that. By the way, 
I have them on my watch list on my I ESPN will, league. I need it as soon as you hear something, dude. As, as, as soon as I hear something, I will let you know. So. <laughs> so obviously, too, I've been meaning to ask you this question. I'm not putting you on the spot, but obviously, Tatis's shoulder is fine. You know, they just probably took one off of one person and put it on another one. <laughs> the way he's playing now, like, has there been any talks of that, like during pressers or anything like that? It's just like no. I mean, I mean, he's. You can tell when he plays, he's not like he's not sliding headfirst as much anymore. Like sure. he's not. It's. I wouldn't say he's reeled it in did I think he he's learned... score on a play uh today where he slid head first into home though he doesn't do it often but sometimes often, he, will, he but, like, doesn't do it as much as he used to he, what about the throwing motion like the, the throw well the one thing the, the one thing i have noticed and god bless hosmer because he's been having to deal with it is he's been bouncing a ton of balls to first base and that that is one thing i definitely noticed recently mm-hmm. and poor hosmer has been having to pick balls left and right but uh i mean there hasn't really been much talk about the shoulder because there's been no need to he hasn't really shown any winces he's been holding on to the bat with two hands when he swings and it's like he's he seems to and it's like we talked about when it first happened like this is something that might just happen and it's not like it's it's going to be a lingering injury like where he's going to feel it all the time it's just when it happens they're going to shut him down for a couple days and it's just it seems like he's kind of learned to play around it right now i mean obviously we still have a small sample size but yeah, I mean it's it's amazing. Like bringing up the tease too. They they move him to the cleanup after he comes back off the off the ten day aisle where he said all he did was jog and wasn't able to pick up a bat, do BP or anything. First game back four for four, almost hits for the cycle. And he's in this in this stretch since he's been back batting cleanup. He's eleven of fourteen. He's got four home runs. He's got twelve RBIs. He had a grand slam today. Like the kid is just unreal. Like I'm just running out of words to describe him. And it's he's yeah, it's just it's special, man. It it really is. Yeah, he definitely is one of the most exciting players to watch in baseball. Uh, next time the Padres are here in Phoenix, it's probably the next game that I'll go to. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he he's so entertaining. He's getting you out to the ballpark to actually go watch the Diamondbacks. So that's that's a pretty uh, big thing. And more of to watch Tatis more than anything <laughs> than to watch the Diamondbacks, unless they change the way that they've been playing lately, which I don't see that changing. Because uh, they, the injury bug has hit their entire pitching staff. But I mean that—that's one other thing we can talk about this year too—is the the injuries that have ravished so many teams. Like so yeah. many teams have dealt with so many injuries so far this year, and it's uh, it's it's definitely been interesting to see how teams respond and react to them. But uh, yeah, it's I feel like this is going to be a year where we see a lot of guys go down throughout the year. Yeah, we're what, like a quarter away through the year. Yeah, and, and yeah. injuries. You know, as much as we like to poke fun at Yankees, you know, part of me really, really felt bad when I heard the Stanton news, like at, at yeah. some point we kind of all expect it, but at the same time, I mean, even though he's in pinstripes, like watching that guy play is something special. And at some point, you know, you feel like, dude, this is just, I mean, I, I would really like to know the number of games he's actually played in a Yankee uniform since signing with them, what, three years ago, because that right there you don't want to see with anybody, you know, because I mean that guy, that's an electrifying name. That's that's a huge, huge guy that you really don't many guys like that that big playing baseball. But yeah, that when I heard that he was he was hurt and hit the what was it, Monday? I think it was like Monday. It was really early in the week. Yeah. I was like, Oh man, like, you know, it doesn't surprise you, but at the same time, you're just like you just feel for the player, you know, because let's face it, he's he's special and he he brings the attraction. So Stanton's first year with the Yankees was 2018. He played 158 games. 2019, he played 18 
20, 20, 23 games, and then la- and so far this year he's played 33 games. So, so I mean, he got to, he got to the first year, but after that, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he he he's such a special player to watch. He's so much fun, and it's like you you want guys like that to be healthy, and it's just it's hard when you see guys go through that because it yeah. it reminds me of a guy like Griffey, who was you know one of the greatest players we ever saw, and then all of a sudden just injuries just derailed him and he could never stay healthy and stay on the field for a full season. It's like, you don't want guys like that. You want them to be able to play maybe 150, 145 games each year without, without issues. So. So we'll see how long that he's out for. Um, Let me take a look at his contract. I was going to say, I don't, I, I, he's locked in for a minute, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. What I was going to say, one other thing while, while he's looking that up is, um, I mean, talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> he's locked in until 2028. Yeah, he's locked in for a while. But, like, the, the Tampa Bay Rays, man, they've run off 10 straight. They, they've they looked really good, even even in the midst of training Willie Adamas. Like, mm-hmm. they they have been a very special team to watch so far. Like, I think they're averaging more than eight runs a game, and they're, they're pitching as, like, a sub-three ERA in the streak. And, yeah. I mean, it's one of those teams we talk about where they just seem to get hot for just out of nowhere yeah. all the time, and they're, it, they've been doing it again. Yeah, Willie Adonis, though, I mean, great defensive shortstop, but, I mean, at the same time, too, I've seen a lot of chatter, too, of them trying to bring up one of these guys because, I mean, they have, like, three prospects that yeah. play shortstop in the race. You know, at one point, I think Willie was batting, like, in the 170s, the 180s at the start of the year, which, I mean, let's face it, he's not a great contact hitter or even power hitter, but he's more of a defense, you know, I think that that move really didn't surprise me when I, when I heard it, you know, I just was more excited to see if we we're going to see the number one prospect be brought up and go. So um, yeah, but that it's funny because the race seemed to do this year in and year out. And basically down there in Florida, they don't have a real fan base, you know, but yet they have a new GM, like what every three, four years that is able to come in there and almost do what Oakland was doing in the early nineties. And that's just get yeah. talent and put a good product out there on the field. And it's almost like this team that we can just completely always ride off year in and year out. Seems somehow seems to find a way to do it in that division year in and year out. Yeah. And I mean, you have to give credit to their manager, Kevin Cash too, because he's, he's obviously getting these guys out and knowing how to play them. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I would expect Wander Franco to be up by the summer at some point, just because, yeah. I mean, it, it seems like it's, it's barring no setbacks, as long as he he's tearing well, Oh, exactly exactly and it's down, it's it's one of those things how long can you keep them down like for sure for sure because i mean he plays for the durham bulls and i i'm i follow that mlb pipeline twitter if you're not following it you yeah, yeah, yeah and i oh, feel yeah. i literally feel like every time i look on that page one of his highlights is on there and it's not fielding it's all when he's in uh, up to bat so it's kind of like i know these these teams it's a business let's face it we know yeah. that but we're more on the player side obviously as fans so I know what they're just doing is they're like, okay, when do we start the clock on this guy? But at some point with seeing how hot he is and seeing how hot your team is, it's like, okay, I'm just shooting myself in the foot if I'm going to keep this guy that's got that hot of a bat down there. Because if he's got that hot of a bat and gets called up nine times out of ten, the adrenaline, the excitement of making it to the show, that's going to translate really, really well. And I kind of feel like you're on the right track, Chris. I, I really think that we're going to either see him – right before or right after the all-star game get the call yeah well and it really quickly speaking of minors we we didn't talk about it but did you guys see what jacob Degrom did this week to the, those poor kids in low a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh they tweeted out God. like all week long too like i can't remember they said 
they said like send help, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Their, like their Twitter was having fun with it. Yeah, they said they and then uh, somebody like somebody wrote a column or something like saying we think is Jacob Degrom could be ready to start as soon as Thursday, and they retweeted it and they said like, "Yep, we saw him last week, and believe me, he's ready." <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, like yeah. it was really the, the line was stuff. absurd. It was it was three innings, eight strikeouts on forty one pitches, no walks, no hits. Like mm. it's it's not fair. I can't even imagine being a nineteen year old kid in low A and having to deal with Degrom's filthiness and just being like, "What am I supposed to do besides I'm stand not, here and like not his get embarrassed?" Change up, his change up is ninety miles an hour. Like that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because he throws a hundred. So yeah, it is his off speed pitch. Yeah, but he he is is from from what I've read, he is scheduled to pitch Tuesday, and so the Mets have an off day tomorrow, so he'll pitch Tuesday, and he gets to see the Rockies. So, Lord, like I feel like transitioning from Low A to the Rockies is is a slow like it's it's pretty on par. So <laughs> I mean, they are in first place in the AL East. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I mean NL East. Yeah, Sorry. and the the Mets are really good, and I mean. That's one team I'm going to keep an eye on soon because the Padres started a streak of 20 straight games right now. We go to Milwaukee for four, who swept us earlier in the season. Then we go to Houston. Then we go to Chicago. Then we have the Mets. So it's it's kind of a tough stretch, but uh, who oh, knows? Well. We might get we might get to see Degrom. So if it, if it matches up right, that, that would be that, really yeah, that would be. That's a playoff matchup right there. Oh yeah. Well, I, I told you guys at the beginning of the season, I don't think anything scares me more than a potential one-game playoff and having to face someone like DeGrom. Yeah. That's sure. why you win the division. We're trying. <laughs> trying your best. Still got a long way to go. Uh, I just got to read something from one of our sponsors here. Southern California Warriors semi-pro football team. The world of semi-pro sports is unlike any other sports organizations. Players pay to play in hopes of so many different outcomes, whether it's Playing to get filmed, to try out for professional teams, big time colleges, or just playing to stay in shape. No matter what, all semi pro players have one thing in common, and that's playing for the love of the game. The SoCal Warriors have been on a quest. I've been on a quest to earn titles and give players a second chance in 2017. Whether you're in whether you're in Southern California or anywhere in the world, give semi pro sports a chance if you love your sport. You may get that second chance you've been wanting for as an athlete. Uh, follow them on Twitter at SoCal Warriors, Instagram at Southern California underscore Warriors, and Facebook Southern California Warriors. So definitely go ahead and if you love sports and you and you really want to play, go ahead and check out some semi-pro sports. So any putting thoughts today, fellas? I mean, for me, like I just want to say like the Padres just completed a perfect homestand and they were the first team since a mess in 2015 to do it. I don't know if they've done it this century, but uh, it's, it's been amazing. And, and one thing to keep an eye on is Manny Machado has not dressed or played in the last three days. He wasn't even, he, I don't think he was in the dugout the last year, the last two games he was, but the two before that he was not in the dugout. So this team is winning without Manny, but they're not giving us a lot of information right now. They say it's a shoulder, but that's basically it. So maybe it is just rest through the low schedule, but that's something to keep an eye on. But just really exciting stuff going on in San Diego right now. The fan base is insane. Being at the ballpark, even at limited capacity, it's electric there. So I think June 17th is our unofficial uh, opening day where the it's going to be a full stadium and we're doing an early start. It's going to be like the whole opening day shebang. So just very excited to see what comes up in the future. Yeah, same thing here. Like I said earlier, we're going into a stretch, a home stretch right now with the Dodgers, the Padres, and Boston. And Chris, our first capacity crowd is Tuesday night against the Dodgers, 100% capacity. 
So it's going to be cool to see these these stadiums fill back up, you know, and I mean, you know, it's going to go into everything, you know, football at college has already said that they're going all the way back and everything yeah. like that. So it's, it's nice to start to get that, that feel back. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll just keep on trucking on, you know, the pe- next couple of weeks is going to be really exciting in baseball with matchups. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think these next six weeks, we'll definitely start seeing the contenders, away from these uh pretenders so keep your eye there on the giants and let's see if the uh red Sox can continue to be one of the better teams in the american league so um everyone as always we appreciate you for tuning in make sure to like comment and subscribe we'll see y'all next week